1: And now, a word from our sponsor.
3: Are you looking for action figures, pro wrestling books, pro wrestling gear, title belts, music CDs, t shirts, replica belts, wrestling DVDs, wrestling masks? Alrighty, we are back after technical issues. Uh, Mr. Brian Cage, are you online? Yes, yes I am. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to River Guard Radio. How are you doing tonight?
0: Uh good, good. How about yourself?
3: Uh, now that the technical issues are done and over with, I'm doing actually okay.
0: Yeah, I was wondering what was going on there.
3: Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what's going on, but I do have uh, my co host on the line, Mr. Alex Saint. Alex, what's up, brother?
5: Yeah, I spent a little bit of time with you tonight.
3: <laughs> Taking a little break from work, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Cool, cool. Well, uh, Brian, let's um, let's start out. Um, How did you get involved in this wacky business?
0: Oh, geez. Well, let's see. Uh, the only thing i wanted to do since I was in uh, <clears throat> fifth grade and originally uh, was planning on going to train down in UPW, but um, uh, once they lost their uh, connection to WWE, I decided, no, nah, I didn't want to do that. And uh ended up hooking up with uh Mr. Primetime at PCW and uh it was just forty five minutes drive outside sort of my hometown. So I uh went and started training there and uh that basically opened the door for me.
5: Hello? Yeah. Oh okay, okay, I just make sure uh, hopefully we got technical difficulties again. <laughs> okay, so, no, no um, I
3: I dropped the phone.
5: Okay. Right. So you started training you started training where exactly, Brian? Uh,
0: pro championship wrestling, PCW under uh uh Mr. Primetime and uh old school Oliver John.
5: Okay, so how did you make that transition from there to when you made your uh, to, until you moved to Atlanta and started training deep south?
0: Uh well that was actually uh I, I befriended uh uh Chris Canyon, um actually uh in, in high school. I uh uh, a little backstory on that: I I went to a Raw and arena, and I uh, was a really a big fan of his. And like my 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 main focus was to make a sign for him and have him see it. And it was for the the Austin appreciation night. But Kurt Angle went there and sprayed him off the milk truck. And uh, and he, when he went off the air, somebody was threw something in the ring and threw up on the ropes and <clears throat> pointing at him and stuff. All the alliance members. And uh, he saw my sign, gave me the thumbs up, and I was ecstatic. And uh, upon leaving, um... The, the show, he came back out and uh, I ran back down the stairs and uh, he handed me the Who Better Than Austin shirt he had that night and uh, I, it, it was awesome. I posted all this whole story on his uh, website and the, the webmaster uh, passed along to him and he actually got in contact with me and kind of emailed back and forth and uh, I see him here and there for the, the wrestling events when they were in California and just became pretty good friends, and uh, actually had opportunity to work him a couple times. And uh, up here in a promotion I used to run called MWF, and uh, he knew I was looking to move to the East Coast, and he was moving back to Atlanta from Florida. And he called me up and said, "Hey man, uh, I'm going back to Atlanta. Um, I know you're looking to move out here, and they got Deep South out here. You know maybe I can uh, pull some strings and help get you in there, and involved in that." So uh, I was out of nowhere, pretty much on top of a dime, not really knowing or having a clue what was going to happen, I just grabbed a couple bags, quit my job here, and flew over there just for the chance and small opportunity, and uh, uh, some things kind of fell through, didn't really happen like I was hoping, but um, he did make a call uh, to uh, Mike Bucci, or Nova, or Simon Dean, whoever we want to call him, and uh, he told me to go on down there to deep south and talk to Bill DeMott, and um, I got there, knocked on the door, and asked to speak with Bill, and he came out, and I was like, hey, I'm Brian Cage, uh, did, did, uh, did Nova call you? And he's like, no, no, I have no idea, you know, who are you? Were you supposed to be here? And I was like, yeah, he told me to come stop by, I'm from California, and he was like, oh, really? Well, come on in, and he brought me in, sat me down, uh, we had a little chit-chat back and forth, I talked to, uh, Jody Hamilton, who was running it as well, and, uh, they basically gave me, um, a little trial period, um, and, uh, I uh, got brought on as part of the roster. I wasn't signed uh, developmentally, but um, I was like one of the only indie guys, you know, there that was training with them, working every show, working the house shows, and uh, it, was, it was great.
5: So how did how did you make the transition from uh, working the house shows, working the, as far as Deep South uh, unsigned roster, to eventually uh, making it onto the, the developmental roster?
0: Well, what do we, you what do you ask me? I'm sorry.
5: Um, so how long was the wait before you you went down there without a contract? You basically oh, oh. Went
0: the, Yeah. How, how long was that? Well, I actually never got developmentally signed. I was oh. uh, I, I was actually just a hair away from getting signed. Uh, Doctor Tom oh. Pritchard, Doctor Steve Williams, um, quite a few of the guys real high I me, mean, real put me over. But unfortunately, uh, right as you know they were all pushing me, sending a couple of extra promo packages to them, uh, deep uh, Deep South WWE separate ties, and uh, thus that ended my stay at Atlanta.
5: What What were your thoughts of uh, training at the the Deep South school?
0: Oh, uh, it was well. Originally, it was Bill Amott for about a month. The first month I was there, or so, and he was uh, uh, he was more of like a boot camp instructor. I mean, I'm not trying to like downgrade his like training, but it, it didn't really feel like I learned anything. Like, you would get in there and you would do, you know, some drills that basically just you know. Gas you out, but uh, I didn't really feel like I was getting any better and really learning thing or you know evolving as a wrestler. And then um when I he left and he brought in uh, Doctor Tom Pitchard, uh, so was, hands down the best person I've ever seen in the ring train. I mean he he told you tit for tat. I mean what what you should do, why you should do it, when you should do it, how to do it. I mean he made he made so much psychology and sense out of just like a simple type or a headlock and um. I mean that that tremendously took a huge step from I think uh, just my in-ring ability from those uh, five months to getting to train there down there with them.
5: So so how long were you training under
0: Dr. Tom? Uh, Dr. Tom was about uh, four and a half months, four to five months. Um, okay. and it was like one month with Bill Demont.
5: Okay. So after the, the Deep South School shut down, did you ever make any uh, considerations to maybe go to Ohio Valley?
0: Um. No, not Ohio Valley, but uh, I really wanted to go to uh, to Florida where they were yeah. moving to FCW, and uh, they were all high on me, and the developmental guy was like, yeah, yeah, come down here, Brian. come down here. The only problem was um, I had made a promise with uh, well, my then-fiancée, uh, who we also had a kid with, that if I wasn't signed, or, you know, the good prospects being signed by uh, his first birthday, that I would move back. So, they shut down, mm-hmm. like, just a month beforehand, so... Unfortunately, um, I, I couldn't I couldn't take him up on the offer, and I had to go back home. And um, so, I mean, that was bad, But uh, I think, I mean, it was an unforgettable experience. I don't regret it, and, and in a way, too, I almost was happy that I didn't go or didn't get signed, just because I don't feel, I, I looking back now, I don't think that I was fully ready yet, or at least as ready as I thought I would be. So, I've I still learned a lot, and that's a good experience back here in California. So, it, it's been good so far.
5: How um because at the independent level you uh, generally uh, depending on your level you're not cutting much promos and then also you're not working in front of cameras not like television mm-hmm. cameras so um how did the Deep South School prepare you to work in front of a TV audience and then also how did they help you with your promos?
0: Uh, you're right on that. That's one thing I do regret um with not you know the promos and the TV work uh, there they have uh every Wednesday they run WWE promos. Uh, which you'd cut, you'd have one take, one minute, uh, if you effed up, you effed up, um, but they'd send those straight out to, to corporate. And then we train Monday through Wednesday, and usually one of those days, um, we'd dedicate half the practice to just promos, you'd get in the ring, and uh, Tom would, you know, have you just bust one, he'd just give you a random topic, I mean, like I did one on like baby vomit before, um, stuff like that, and just have you, you know, just go you get to bring in one that you did on your own. You'd tell you, like, an old-school one with, like, you know, a random opponent, place, time, uh, arena, all this stuff, and, like, a commercial plug. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you you on the promo class days, I mean, you'd get uh, five or six different promos you'd have to do, and uh, that was that was awesome because, I mean, it's it's a little nerve-wracking, too, because uh, you, you never get to do that often, and to be on the spot in front of everybody is always just random topics. But um, it, it definitely helped develop it. Uh, I felt like I was getting a lot stronger as a promo. And um, there, uh, every Thursday they did the TV tapings. Uh-huh. And they had a couple different cameras out there. And that really, especially, you, you train in the same facility that you have the TV tapings. So, like, uh-huh. throughout the training, you'd always be looking up at the camera. And it really, really got me focusing on, you know, having my head up more and looking at the crowd. And every time, you know, you do a move, you look right at the camera or work the camera side, the hard, you know, hard camera side. So uh, that that really helped out, and I'm, I saw that the first couple of matches I had back in California. <clears throat> I saw that I was doing that a lot more, and kind of as time progressed, I seemed to slack on it just because, like you said, there's not really a TV or promo environment, so
5: right, you
0: know, that's too bad.
5: How often did you actually get to get in the ring and wrestle with Dr. Cobb? or is he kind of hands-off?
0: Um, No, he would do some stuff hands-on. Yeah. Um, uh, Especially we'd do this one drill where it'd be five-minute body parts, and like uh-huh. you'd just be working that neck for five minutes, and you know then like the stomach, the back, the knees, the legs, w- w- so forth, so forth.
1: And every now and then he'd get in
0: with you, and we'd work on that. That's probably the most times I'd I'd work with him. Like he just you hold it to you and work on your leg to show you stuff, or vice versa. Um, right towards the end of it, he started to do every uh every Wednesday there was he would do a
2: <clears throat> an
0: hour long. Um, match with, with the guys, and it was just one person at a time, and uh, I think he got two or three in right before they shut down. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that with him, though I was going to. Um, so I never got to have any like real, real extensive like one-on-one match stuff like that. But I mean, just mm-hmm. as far as simple, you know, bumps or drills, this and that, and that, that five-minute hold training was only like hands-on, hands-on, Doc's Tom stuff. But everything else we did, he'd just show you, and then I'd be working with uh, the developmental guys.
5: And then also, how did uh, working at Deep South help you to be able to call a match in the ring? Because I know from uh, interviews that Rick Rogers has done, speaking about Ohio Valley, something that he really stresses a lot is being able to go in the ring with limited uh, conversation in the back and then go be, go be, be able to go in the ring and uh, call the entire match in the ring. And then a lot of times you don't see that so much in independent wrestling. So what was uh, Deep South's stance on that?
0: Uh, that was the same thing, you know, they always shunned upon people trying to call their whole match or can it all. Mm-hmm. And uh uh for the most part the first few matches there since uh, you know, I didn't know anybody and all these guys were, you know, signed guys and I'm just an independent dude. Um, I wouldn't really call much because I didn't really feel you know, I, I was just trying to be respectful and so they'd actually call a lot of stuff in the ring and that would get mm-hmm. uh that would work out fine and then as I got more and more comfortable, you know, you'd call you know, the finish and maybe a little opening spot, but pretty much most of it was just all called in the ring and you know, same thing with the improv matches we'd have during practice. So that really helped uh really helped just call in, you know, a lot of the heat. And uh I was usually healed there too, so that really got a lot of practice to lead the match and call a lot of the heat and the hope spots. And um I mean it when I came back uh to California and started working Indies, I mean it was it was uh it was cake. Another thing too that's the year we stressed on being T V was, you know, you had the strict time limits, and they tell you, you know, two-minute go-home time, so you had to, you know, hit that right on the nail, and um, you couldn't work um, the same body part.
2: Uh-huh. So, like, you know,
0: if you, if you wanted to work the neck, you'd have to check, double-check if the person after you before you isn't already going to work the neck, and so, I mean, that way you don't have the monotony of someone working the same hole throughout the whole night. And uh, if you weren't uh-huh. on TV, I had a few TV matches, mostly dark matches. They had two different, like, split shows, and if you are on the dark matches, you couldn't punch, stomp, go to the outside, chin lock, headlock. Um, sometimes you couldn't clothesline. Um, and a couple of other random restrictions here and there. But so that way, just to once again get out of the monotony of seeing the same thing over and over. But it was it was cool to have like those restrictions to see you know
2: what to make
0: you do something else out of you know out of the
2: box.
5: It de- it, it, it definitely. It would definitely help a lot of guys now because I I've noticed that a lot myself. Like you kind of once you start working, you kind of do the same things, and you almost need mm-hmm. something like that to kind of break you out of your monotony. Because I, I noticed myself because I'm I'm not I've only been in the business for probably about six months. I'm I'm training mostly down here in San Diego, and then I noticed mm-hmm. that in my matches, unless I put a mental thought to it, that I'll kind of go in there and do sort of the same things. So that's that's a yeah. really good drill. I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it was cool. You know, just try to. That's what I try to do too—is always, you know, do something different. Like, like oh, last week if I had a Northern light Suplex and a Back Suplex and a Body Slam, you know, like all right, I'm gonna do three different things this time. So,
2: so always
0: uh, uh, trying to switch it up.
5: So you moved back to California after your time in Deep South. Um, mm-hmm. How? So what promotions did you work for in California since you come back?
0: When I came back, yes, um, pretty much everything in uh, Northern California. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, from SCW, ACW, PCW, Brawl, uh, newly SCW and BLW, uh, NAW, um, I don't know if I'm missing anything. A couple of random lucha shows here and there, uh, mm-hmm. up in Reno. This guy was running their stuff. I mean, pretty much everything I've been I've been booked for uh, since I've been back. Um, no. how,
5: how's the scene changed, if any at all, since you've come back?
0: How's what changed?
5: How's the scene changed in Northern California since you've come back from when you left? Oh,
0: um... Well, uh, not. I mean, some of the older promotions, not much. I mean, like, like with APW, S C W and stuff. I don't. I didn't really see a whole lot of change. I mean, I guess a couple of different guys, you know, are working the main events here and there. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, Fog City, you know, which is new, that place it was blown up. I really like working there. And uh, PCW has is, is, uh, been up in Oroville, California, just so consistent with their draws and their crowds are just on fire. And I, I had the opportunity to work, ooh, I think, the first two shows right before I left. And, I mean, upon coming back, I mean, they were only bigger and better. But uh, besides that, I mean, pretty similar uh, reaction, and um, guys working and, and whatnot. There's, like I said, a few different new faces or new guys that have moved up uh, ranking, you know,
3: like towards the main event spot, but not a whole mm-hmm. lot different. Well, um, I, I'm going to step in here, Alex. Um yeah. <clears throat> when I when I first got involved in the indie scene out here in 97, there were pretty much just the two companies. They were All Pro and Big Time. Now, as of, you know, this past Saturday, there were five shows on Saturday. That's a lively scene. Yeah, I, I knew three of them were running. Yeah, there were five of them. There was a there was a lucha show and there were four indies. That's insane.
0: What were uh, what were the other two? I know the Lucha, Fog City, and BLW. What were the other two that were running?
3: Uh, CCW. Oh, with, uh, that's right. Vinnie Massaro. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember the other one. I forgot. Um, I knew
0: CCW was running too.
3: Yeah, there was the one up in Santa Rosa where they brought in the big the big names. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know Fog City where we were at. Um, actually, I
0: actually worked BLW right before Fox City.
3: Oh, did you? Who did you work yeah. on that show? Uh,
0: it was supposed to be me, Rick, lecturing and Kenny K Triple Threat, but uh, it got switched to me and um. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know why. I Just totally uh, Chico Navarro.
3: Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, it was all right. You remember Chico, don't you? Uh, uh, Alex. He was on that big time show in that. Uh, four-way tag match. Oh, okay. Well, who who was
5: he teaming with?
3: Um, he wasn't one of the guys in matching gear. Oh, he was teaming okay. with uh, Ryan Von Cool. Oh, okay, okay. No, he, he, I
5: kind of vaguely remember
3: him. He wasn't a Ballard. He wasn't with the guys with the matching gear.
5: He was yeah. one of the other ones. That's amazing to me that guys on the independent scene have matching gear. I just want to throw that out there real quick. That's something that's a really big kind of mine. It's like when two guys are wrestling and they're wearing matching gear, it's like, uh, you know, uh, Locura. You know, I always ribbing because me and him, we worked together a couple times, and me and him have the same boots, and I always, always laugh about that. But, I mean, like, some guys will come in there with matching colors and everything. Is is that something you think about, Brian, that, you know, like, is, um, I imagine since you've been working a little bit, you have different pairs of gear that you bring to the show. So do you look at the guy and see what he's wearing, so you don't wear the same thing?
0: You know what, actually, uh, the new gear, newer gear, I guess that I have that I usually wear, um, is really the best gear I have. I have three gear pa- three pairs of gear that I'm supposed to be getting. Actually, two of them should be coming in this week in the mail that are sent out. But uh, uh, but no no that is something, that, uh, especially in deep south too. That I actually learned up more is to never be matching you know with uh, with yeah. your opponent. And uh, I've worked Tito Aquino a few times, and he has always had the silver and black little skirt gimmick, and my shorts silver black as well. And was like, hey man, you can't wear those. Like red and black or something. So, so we can't go there like a tag team. But Uh a lot of people too get a lot of their uh, like generic random gear off of like eBay and a couple of little stores. So like you know you go back there and all of a sudden you'll see three different guys with like the same exact outfit or just different colors. You know, you're like, ah, that looks bad.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a certain gear maker you would like to give a shout out to because like. Something that's, I found it to be really hard to meet people who actually make gear. I actually found someone really good in Las Vegas who makes gear, and so uh, do you have anybody in particular that you would like to, to promote that makes your gear, or is it like a uh, of something?
0: You know what? The two people that I uh, just started working with is uh, WorkerWear and um, uh, Jameson FightWear as well. I, uh, I really like those guys, kind of Adam Roberts. Um, that did gear but he actually just got picked up by WWE so he isn't allowed to do any guys gear anymore.
2: Uh, so he actually okay.
0: uh he he, yeah, <laughs> no, he, for, he forwarded me to to his buddy that does the Jameson fightwear, and uh he uh I haven't seen a lot of his work. Um mm-hmm. but uh he he was real friendly pretty fast and uh pretty cheap compared to some other people yeah. so
3: that's okay, a good thing. Um, you, you were um this past weekend you were in the ring with Slim.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: what are your opinions on slim and just to let you know that alex on the other line knows slim and uh he's you know he's seen a good amount of his work so what, what do you think of slim in the ring and how do you how do you feel that the slim's character and the angle that you have going currently in fog city is progressing uh
0: well as far as slim's work rate, it was absolute garbage man uh, no I'm, I'm joking i'm joking um uh, yeah, it was the first time working with them, and I've never really seen much of the stuff. I've, I've heard it before. Um, as far as working with them, it was fine. Uh, real easy, real easy match, I thought. Um, uh, like I said, I worked BLW the right before. I showed up, like, a match before our match, and, uh, just said a couple things and really just, I mean, called it on there. I mean, it's mostly just heat, but, uh, it was a real easy match, real fun working with them. Um, the angle, I, I like how it, you know, is left open or in building. um, and uh, that was one thing, too, I, I put over that, you know, it's cool to actually have an indie fed doing storyline because I feel a lot of indie federations don't really do storyline or try to build an angle. Um, I don't really know where the angle is going, though, or, like, what exactly is, is you know, going to be the conclusion of it or what's going on. So I'm I'm excited to be part of something, but uh, Dom hasn't really clued me in at all exactly, you know, to where this is leading. So it's hard for me to, to comment on on uh, on the angle.
3: Well, see the 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 thing is, um, the the angle and the story. It, it's very simple. You know what I mean? It's it's not. And, and I've noticed with Fog City that they're keeping it really simple. And mm-hmm. that way you don't you don't lose you know your fans and, and whatnot. And you know it's just it's. I'm not knocking the product. I love the product to death. I love Dom and Stevie to death. But it's very simple. And that's the way it should be. It shouldn't be too intricate. I mean. And it's not like you have two hours a week on TV. Oh yeah! um, Oh yeah! Oh
2: yeah!
3: You know, it's a solid main event program, Um, Alex. If you're if you don't know, um, the program is uh, Dylan Drake teaming with uh, Brian Cage against Tony Jones and uh, Slim. They had a tag match this past Saturday, and um, after after the show, um, I was saying goodbye to Tony Jones. And then he asked me, because Tony and I, we go back 11 years, and he asked me, he said, hey, man, honestly, what did you think of the match? I, I told him I was honest. I said it was solid, but it it seemed like you guys finished quickly, you know, like you guys went home early. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was, that, was that the way, were you told to go home early, or was that just the way, you know, things played out? Well, you know,
0: I, I kind of, like I said, I came there right beforehand. So I was like, okay, what are we doing? And, um, I like, I thought there should have been a little more uh, back and forth or uh, mm-hmm. a little more offense on our side because I come there and, you know, basically said I said, just a lot of heat throughout the match. And I uh, said, oh, yeah, tagging Dylan. He's going to boom, 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 get you back in, you know, one, two, three. And I was like, that's it? Like, I mean, I was kind of a little too short
3: and sweet. So It was, it was kind of flat, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You guys – could have gone five more, five more minutes, and then completely told the story, you know, I mean, the, the work while you guys were going was great, the heat was great, you guys, you know, you guys were, were selling properly, and, and things were, things were going good, but it just, it was, it was strange, it was like it ended, you know, kind of like someone got hurt, where they called, you know, go home, but it was, it was odd, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, the powers that be want to, uh, not give everything away, and, uh. Do something again in a couple months.
0: Yeah, and no, I I don't know if that was you know Dom's call or if it was uh, Tony and uh, Slim's call or what to do that because especially for Dylan Tiso over and you know get the hot tag and it was it was a flash in the pan you know it was like three seconds and all of a sudden it's up, the hot tag was over and I'm back in the ring and you know getting pinned so I was like I, I wanted there to be more just just so there's more hope when people get behind us to to take the win you know and come back and it just didn't seem like that really uh, um, had as much to it. But, I mean, I, I still like the match, and would have happened, like I said, real simple, real easy, and uh, I think that's the point across to continue the storyline. But I do agree with you see, on that point where I thought it did just get kind of taken home a bit abruptly.
5: How's Tony Jones after that long, long layoff? Because he was off for a couple of years.
3: Uh he looks good. He, fine. he hasn't changed a bit. Ten I actually worked him, was, uh, I worked
0: in the show prior too, which helped set up mm-hmm. the tag match, um, both times. And I believe that's more where it's going. It's more, you know, me and Jones and Dylan and Slim, more of the two rivals there. But, uh, yeah, there was, uh, he was fine. I think he looked a little oh. better shape too.
5: How, how old is J- Tony Jones now? Uh, Uh, I was this song, cause I was listening to uh, three, three, I, I
3: was listening to Tony years Jones. younger Johnson than I
5: am. Ago. It's just interesting to hear him back in the scene, and now Mike Modis is back in the scene. All we need is Donovan Morgan to come back, and then uh, Donovan's <laughs> in, Florida.
3: in Florida. Donovan is in Florida. <laughs> he is not coming back here. But oh, it doesn't man. matter. He can he can stay in Florida. We need to get Mike Modis on a Fog City show. Damn it. Yeah, isn't he working
0: a, a BCW show
3: coming up? Uh, that's a good question. He worked. He worked a shot this past weekend. I think it may have been for CCW. Oh really? Wow. I, I'm uh, pretty I, I, sure. I
0: thought, I thought I heard him. Uh, I thought I heard he was going to be at the what? The May ninth BCW show. I'm oh sure. really? Yeah.
2: Ooh.
5: Hey, Z, wanna now? Do
3: <laughs> you want to come up, brother? <laughs> man, but what if I could? My Mike Modest and Jason Styles, man, that's that's money. <laughs> okay. So
5: um so um how how does your work change depending if you work in an American show or a lucha show or do you not change at all cuz lucha audiences are so easy to work?
0: Uh, you know what, too? I think my very first lucha crowd, my my work didn't really change a whole lot and uh I think the match suffered. I I thought the match was great, but uh the crowd didn't respond to as much just because, you know, it wasn't, it, 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 uh, you just don't have to do as much. You just work the crowd more than the match. And so the second time, I changed it a little. I didn't I don't really do, I guess, Lucha Lucha style, if you will, but uh, I just changed it where you don't have to really do as much to play with the crowd. And then uh, recently I just did another one as, uh, uh, against Vinny and, uh, and San Fran, Vinny Massaro, and uh, he, uh, he worked the crowd phenomenally. And that one he, he pretty much called the whole match for that. Uh and uh the the match went over super well and so I'm glad he did that just because he called it perfectly for the Lucha crowd because he's worked there before. So um it, it changes my aspect where I think there's a little more crowd work and less um does less spring work. Uh mm-hmm. just to have the crowds interact. But uh I don't I don't know if my style necessarily really fully changes.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 'cause that's the one thing I know is that like lucha crowds and I've also noticed that when luchador try to work American shows that um it's a it's definitely a transition because they're used to working the crowd more and then American crowds don't always go into it if they don't know who you are. It's almost like they yeah. want to see the first before you know they'll really react to you. That's the way in Lucha Show, I mean that's what they want from the get. It's like they want to be part of the show more. Mm, mm-hmm. mhm. Exactly. Definitely an interesting uh, thing. So um
3: Hey, you still there? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm here, brother. Okay. I'm here. I'm just uh, doing other things on the computer. I'm multitasking. But uh, <laughs> what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna we're gonna run down. A, I'm gonna run down a couple names, and and I want you to give me your your first thoughts or or opinions on them. How's that sound, Kay. Brian?
5: Little little word association, huh?
3: Of course. My All my right. personal favorite. My personal favorite independent heel ever. Mike Modest.
0: Mike Modest?
3: Um
0: you know what? I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot of Mike Modest. I mean I, I know he is and seen some stuff and of course, um good old uh uh beyond the mat. Um so it'd be tough for me to name something do not I d I don't I don't think I've uh really seen him enough and I've never met him or known him. Um to really give a good First comment, or uh, you know, word, word association that would that would go well with
3: that. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, you know, either either working for Noah or around the time when you broke in, so he was. Yeah, no, you know, yeah, no he I know, kinda, just I know. Kind of just didn't cross paths, but um, you'll I knew, see I knew he was over there the in,
0: future, in Japan. I he was in Japan there in Donovan Morgan and stuff. And like I said, I know a lot of him, but I, I just haven't seen a whole lot or have met of, so it'd be hard for me to to fairly say anything.
3: Okay, the guy who broke you in, Mr. Primetime.
0: Uh, I think he is extremely talented and gifted, athletic. Um, You know, I I think the only thing that he has against him is um, uh, his – I don't know if it would be – I'm trying to sit here – I don't know, there's just something missing about him that, that, that seems like he would have his um, outside wrestling and his personal life, like, a little more cued in. I don't see why he wouldn't be signed to, like, anywhere he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It seems like, yeah, you, know, I hear you he
2: just,
0: yeah, yeah, like, he's just, I know he's, he's a great guy, and he likes to go out, you know, have fun and this and that, and I think he really just dedicated himself a little more and, you know, worked on his body and just had that all locked in. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be, you know, anywhere he wanted to be, because, he is truly fantastic. One of my top five in California.
3: I, I tend to I tend to compare uh, MPT with uh, Big Ugly JD Bishop up in Sacramento. Big Ugly's got all the talent in the world, all the talent in the world, man. And that guy can work. You know, he he can work for a bigger guy, and mm-hmm. he just you know he he enjoys running the supreme up in Sacramento. You know, he's got his family and whatnot. I mean, that guy could be, you know, under contract anywhere. Oh yeah. But he just he chooses to stay home. You yeah, know, and which, that's one thing is too. For us, you yeah. know, which is great for us.
0: Uh I think that's the same way where I don't know, I think if, you know, someone offered him a contract he would take it, but um he's really uh really strong in trying to just promote P C W and making that like, you know, a big thing. So mm-hmm. he's doing well on it so far so I commend him on it. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, do you happen to know if the PCW has any shows scheduled in June?
0: You know what? They had one, and I think it was June 26th, 28th, like the last Saturday in June. But I just heard that they may take June off. So I know they have May off, but I don't know why or if they would be taking June off. I'm really hoping that's not the case. But uh,
3: Okay. Because uh, I, I was hoping that, that they would be running to coincide with the gold nugget days up in Paradise. Um, because my, my in-laws and myself and my wife, we tend to go up every year for the gold nugget dates. So I figure if I'm up there, you know, a little outside of Oroville, I may as well get a show.
0: Yeah. Have wow. you ever been to one?
3: No, no. Um, I live outside San Francisco, so that's, that's a, that's a trek.
0: Yeah. Yeah. know, it's a, um, yeah. a trek for me to go everywhere, but that's not enough, uh, another reason I put the show over because it's only a 20 minute drive for me. So that's nice.
3: Mm. Well, I will definitely hit a show. Yeah, know, they're, they're
0: they're like I said, they're exactly not one of my favorites, but I think they're one of the uh, one of the best. I mean, just, there's a lot of solid matches, and uh, I mean the crowd is just, I think, hands down the best crowd I've, I've worked for here in California.
3: Okay. Well, let's say, okay, let's say that Rubber Guard Radio is putting on in it a completely independent show at the Cell Space. And I have you booked in the semi-main event, and I can bring in any independent worker. Who would you like for me to bring in to work with you?
0: Like uh, anybody that that that's able to come in, you could bring in, huh?
3: Correct, and that you cannot you cannot choose TNA because uh, they they don't allow their their talent to be videotaped.
0: Okay. Okay. That's what I was gonna ask. Like,
3: are you talking teenage mm-hmm. talent
0: too, or just just independent?
3: Um, independent.
0: Really tough one. I always pop back and forth. I think um, recently someone that I've I've really liked watching, um, probably be, uh, El Generico.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I I love Generico. I I can't get enough of that guy.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I was actually more and more.
3: I was actually thinking. Either Brent Albright or Adam Pierce. I think that that you would be able to have a really good match with Adam Pierce.
0: Yeah, you know, I I I see that as well. I don't think I don't think that'd be a problem at all to have a good match with him. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm 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 on a a big time Adam Pierce kick. Since since yeah, I had since him on that's... the show last uh, last Thursday, since I had him on the show, I've been watching nothing but Adam Pierce matches, and uh, I am not getting yeah, tired yeah. of them.
0: He told me uh he, he told me no sold me on uh, online when I messaged you because of that appear, so
3: yeah i you know the chance <laughs> you know, no, no no the chance i
0: under i understand i understand
3: cool cool so uh what are you doing this weekend
0: this weekend um i got uh, p c w on Saturday, which actually is a... Uh, I probably the most excited I've ever been for an independent match since I I actually got to Russell Chris Canyon. Uh it's just been like a seven month storyline or so, um, building this matchup. It's me and Bill and Drake, or you know, bud partners up there as well. And uh he's the Inter California champion and uh I'm the normal contender now, so it's just gonna be a good competitive face versus face um, matchup and uh I'm really looking forward to it. Are you on top? Um it's actually uh uh I, I believe gonna go Broadway.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: uh, I I have never I've never actually got to do Broadway either so that makes it more exciting and uh I think it's really gonna put the match over and uh for the storyline for where it's going it's really gonna help it. And then uh and then Sunday I got the I got the, uh um anniversary show for S P W.
3: Oh, that's right. Eight years, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I believe so.
3: Wow, can you believe that? Eight years of the same building. Unbelievable. Well, actually,
0: actually the, uh... What
3: it's they're the doing Colonials, Peter's though, hall. right?
0: No, 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 they're doing this one at St. Peter's Hall.
3: Oh, okay. I know they usually
0: always do the least Anniversary ones at, at, the, at the theater, but uh, this one is is back at the hall. So mm. I don't know if they're just done with the theater then, or, or what happened there.
3: I I think it's a logistic issue, and you'll find out on Sunday Why? Um that, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. My big mouth will keep K Fabe, damn it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's that's good. Uh who are you booked to work with, um for the Supreme show?
0: Uh I think I'm doing part of taking the, the Battle Royal gimmick and then uh it's me, Tim Anderson and I think Shane and Paul from Reno Scum versus Fort mm-hmm. Man Crew from Portland. Who is it? Is it the Illuminators or something like that? Illuminators? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know who they were. The right sent me a quick little text about it, but it's, it's an eight-man tag.
3: But the Portland crew, yeah. 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 That's cool. Well, are you, any word of you going up to Portland?
0: Uh, you know what? The uh, there was talks about that right before I uh, I, I moved to, to Atlanta, but um.
1: I, I didn't really know
0: if they were running much anymore. What was going on? And people said they were starting back up. So, um, yeah, if the opportunity rose, Yeah, I'd like to go up there. I haven't really, I haven't really, you know, really searched into it, but it's, it's a possibility.
3: You know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff going on up in Oregon and Washington, and you know, the the whole West Coast from you know top to bottom. You know, it's, it's oh, yeah. really booming. I I really know, and, and I've really cool. been
0: trying to. To, to get my name out there and trying to work, you know, more just just to get, you know, your face out there and work on your backyard. I mean, this summer I'm actually planning on working a lot more uh, SoCal dates. So hopefully that'll
3: uh, that'll pan out. Awesome. 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 <coughs> oh, excuse me. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Um what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the office. How could anybody out there that's a fan or a promoter how can they get a hold of you? Uh
0: well, uh, I guess the most common way and easiest way is on the the old MySpace, uh, www.myspace.com/backslash Noah's Ark Eight. Oh. Is, uh, is awesome. the URL for my, my, my MySpace? Or you can That's just search my cool. page, so, Either way.
3: So does does that have your your booking scheduling on there as well?
0: Uh, you know what? It did. I don't know if it's still on there. But um, if not, I, I'm gonna put it back up. But uh, if you contact me, I mean, obviously I'll know it and get back to ASAP. Um, so, yeah,
3: cool. Are you holding a baby by chance?
0: Uh, no, but my little boy just woke up and he's uh, he's chilling on the couch, kind of by me. Oh,
3: uh, okay. I I I kind of recognize that squeak. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that, that's little Noah, hence the the Noah's Ark, uh for the, the MySpace.
3: Tremendous. Tremendous. Well, we we do have a few more minutes before um Brandon Bonham calls in. Um Yeah,
0: Brandon Bonham, huh?
3: What what are your feelings on Adam Thornstow as a worker?
0: Oh oh phenomenal. I I I mark out for that guy. Huge. Huge. I'm a huge Adam Thornstow and Rick Luxury. I'm I'm a huge fan of both of theirs and uh Love watching their matches. I've got to work with them a couple of times. And uh, that's actually where things are headed in SPW is uh start feuding with Adam Thor. So I'm really excited and looking forward to that.
3: Good, good. That should be good stuff. You know, that kid, he has so much talent, you know, and and so much heart. You know, you you would never think he's five foot nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he's just got so much talent and you know that that Reno Scum gimmick is just awesome. Oh, awesome, yeah. Awesome. Best best gimmick best uh best act in, in independent pro wrestling. Um as oh, yeah, far man. as a stable. They had the whole Freebird thing going on and then some and it's it's fun. And, know? and it's totally and, taken
0: over like every NorCal Federation, you know
3: what I mean? Mhm. Yeah, I mean always, it's like it's so. just good. And and I I love what they're doing in Fog City where they're attacking the 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 smaller guys and the the Mexican guys. Um, that was a wild, you know, wild uh, match that they had Saturday night. They were all over the place. Yeah, and, uh, and that was fun stuff. <clears throat> cool, cool. We are still awaiting uh, Bonham to call in. Well, bottom, um, what we're top, gonna top. do? What we're gonna do is we're gonna cut you off here. But I really appreciate you coming on, brother. Oh, no problem. My my pleasure. Thank you for your time. And if I don't see you, I will see you at the next Fog City show. Yeah, that's uh, that's
0: not until like July.
3: Is it? Ju- wow, July?
0: Mm. Yeah, because I, I think they had June off already, and their their May show got canceled. So I think mm. I think they're I think they're
3: doing a I think they're gonna do the, the Keysar Stadium um in July. I wouldn't know anything. But we will find out at the end of the show because the boss Caesar Black will be on the show. There you go, you him. so there you go. We're going to go to the horse's ass, the horse's ass's mouth, <laughs> uh, and wait. That's right. He's supposed to be a heel. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you again for your time, brother, and have a safe weekend, and and we'll be talking to you very soon.
0: all right, man. Thank you.
3: Awesome. Hey, Thanks, tell, bro.
0: Tell Bonham I said what's up for me, huh?
3: Most definitely.
0: All right. All
3: right, brother. All right, have a good one. All right. Well, that was uh, that was hot Northern California independent worker Brian Cage um, had a lot of interesting stories. Um, you know, just something different. You know, I, I've I've spoken to Brian a couple times, but you know, we it was mostly you know shooting the shit, and you know, we really didn't get in in depth or or anything, but. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty good conversation. Um, I didn't know that he wasn't underdevelopmental. He was just uh, there, you know, just uh, trying to latch on, like uh, like the uh, Derby City guys do, as far as as far as the uh, OVW product is concerned. It's the same way. Um, so, <coughs> yeah, that was a pretty good interview. He uh, I didn't know that Mr. Primetime broke him in, but Mr. Primetime is a is a really really good, uh, uh, really really good worker, and uh, I, I really enjoy his work. So, uh, what we're gonna do is we're going to play a quick commercial for friends of ours in Chicago. Are you looking for hard-hitting, high-flying, independent pro wrestling action? If so, your search is over. The superstars of Elite Pro Wrestling will keep you just that. Elite Pro is proud to present Elite TV, which airs at 10 p.m. Central Time Friday nights, 30 minutes, on Comcast Cable Channel 19 in the Chicago Land area. Elite TV also streams live on their website www.eliteprowrestling.com at 10 p.m. Central Time on Fridays. This show gets the stamp of approval from the Rubber Guard Radio Crew, and I strongly suggest you go out and support superstars at Elite Pro Wrestling. All The second segment here is, once again, brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. If you need lucha masks, DVDs, WWE swag, all kinds of uh, CMLL action figures, whatnot, go out there and uh, tell Jeff to that KZ from Guard Radio sent you. And, Jeff, you got to hear your plug. <laughs> you are listening live, so you get to hear your plug. So we're doing as we're waiting for uh, Brandon Bonham to call in. All righty. Ah, let's see, let's run down some quick news real quick. Let's go to the Observer site. Ah, wow. What about that Joe Angle match this past Sunday? Match of the year so far, that was so much fun. Brought back uh, memories, 93, the UWFI, with meter, and and, uh, Takata. That was just uh, the good stuff. The good, the good, the good. The good, the good, the good stuff. Yeah, Let's run down to the news here. Uh, anybody get fired today? No. No one's fired. Um, we do have UFC coming up this Saturday. Uh, St. Pierre and Sarah in the main. Uh, my pick would have to be St. Pierre. First round knockout. He's going to put Sarah on his ass. Travis Luter is going to tap out Rich Franklin. I wish they could both beat each other to a pulp and, you know, both have to retire because they can't stand either one of those guys. Um, Rich Franklin's just a pretty boy, and uh, Travis Wood is a disgrace to his his line of work, which is, you know, they're just jokes. But uh, we have announced for the ROH show on April 10th at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. We have... Brian Danielson and Fuji. It should be fun. Roderick Strong against Eric Stevens against Go Chihizagi for the FIP title. And this match, which I creed to my shorts when I read this earlier, this is un freaking believable. Takeshi Morishima against the Necro Butcher. Unbelievable. On the line we have good crazy Brandon Bonham. Get on, dude.
2: Hey, what's up, man?
3: Hanging out, man. Hanging out. Just got finished talking to your boy, Brian Cage. Oh, uh, cool, to cool. Shout out. Oh, uh,
2: okay. Hey, what's, what's going on? It's kind of hard for me to hear you guys. It's kind of static
3: okay. Static, huh? Okay, what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to hang you up, and if you can call right back in, we see if you can get this cleaned up.
2: Just to call the same number?
3: Yeah, same number. I do cool, okay, Jeff, am I static at all Jeff am I staticky at all? Of course, you're not responding on aim out, Jeff, am I static? Is it me? Is it me? no, no static here, okay, cool, so it was the call in line, but yeah, on uh. May 10th, Hammerstein Ballroom, Takeshi Morishima, and the Necro Butcher. That match is going to be insane. Insane. All right, let's patch Brandon in. Brandon, is that better? Yes, it's much better, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome to Rubber Guard. How you doing, brother?
4: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing really good. How are you?
3: Cool. Um, not bad, man. You know, we're cooled off finally. It was a hot fucking day, today, wasn't it?
4: Dude. It, it was pretty. Actually, you know where I'm where I'm at right now. It's not too bad, but uh,
3: in San Francisco, there on what was it Saturday? It was pretty damn hot. Yeah, it was really warm. You know, I mean, today was just smoking. It's just ugh, just too hot, dude. And I'm not used to this shit. You know, I don't like <laughs> it. I prefer the cold. <clears throat> awesome.
4: Yeah, uh, dude. I'm I'm from Minnesota originally, so. Oh uh, it's there fucking
3: terribly cold there. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, uh, you're from Minnesota. Who, uh, who broke you into this wacky business?
4: Um, well, I guess I've always been a fan of wrestling, you know, growing up. I was a huge Bret Hart fan. I mean, that was, that's why I watched wrestling and lived for wrestling was a huge hitman fan. And, uh, Hanging out with buddies and stuff, we started our own little backyard league called Universal Backyard Wrestling. Just like pretty much, I guess everyone who gets into wrestling did at some point or another. And uh, <clears throat> I used to do all the dumb shit. I used to jump off sheds and roofs and ladders and all that type of stuff. And and I just I always had a I always had a passion for wrestling. I always thought it was, you know, way cool and way sweet. And then. Came, I did the whole backyard wrestling thing for probably like five years with friends and stuff. And then, I you know, me and me and one of my best friends were like, you know, we really want to do this. Let's do this. Let's, you know, go get trained to learn how to do this and whatnot. So what we ended up doing was we uh, went over to this guy's house where he had a, you know, in his garage, he had a wrestling ring. His name was Bill Wasserman. And uh, he, his little organization is called uh, the Western Wrestling Association. So I started training with him and uh, was there for about six months Think about this guy. He's a really interesting guy. He's probably the biggest carny I've ever met in wrestling, actually, and probably the biggest liar that I've met in wrestling, which I'm sure what you know there's quite a few of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, well, Bill Wasserman, you know, he's just, he's a big, fat, white dude, and he would always, you know, tell us stories about when he was on the road with Hogan and... Blair and all of these guys and that, in this wrestling ring that he had at this really shitty place where he was training us, you know, was his house in the garage. He'd say he'd had like chop battles with Rick Blair and stuff in that very garage years ago. And that he trained Booker T and all this bullshit. And we we're just like, why is this dude lying to us? And then the thing that kind of topped it off for me was, you know, I want, I'm not too, I wasn't too familiar with the whole Japanese wrestling thing, but I, I knew enough to get around in conversations, and he would tell us that he was the original Tiger Mask, and I'm thinking, dude, you're not even Japanese, and <laughs> this guy, you know, he's probably a good 350 pounds, and tell us all this shit about how he won the Super Bowl and all this and whatnot, so, well, anyways, long story short, after about six months, six months there, I said, fuck you, you know, and just kind of left, and then I went and trained over at the place where I consider I really got trained, which is uh, called Midwest Pro Wrestling, And there I was able to hone in my skills as, as, you know, learn a bunch of stuff and kind of develop a style for myself, I guess. And so after about three months of training there, they started booking me on shows and been doing it ever since. And that's where I met guys like, you know, Eric Cannon, and I met AJ Styles through them, and Amazing Red, Matt Seidel, you know, all these guys, all these guys from IWA Mid-South, you know. Like Chris Hero and Claudio and all them stuff. Those guys would all come up to MPW here and there, and so I met a lot of guys from the East Coast and just you know throughout the Midwest, a lot of guys. And then I kind of started you know just wrestling more and more in the Midwest, and that's pretty
3: much it. How I got trained, you know, how I got into it. So um, your your first, okay, I'm 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 gonna say this. Your first professional match, who was it with? My first remember? profession,
4: my first professional match. Um, well, if you consider the first place I trained, it was kind of weird. I, I got thrown into my first match with them. I guess you could say professionally in front of an audience, a live audience, and a wrestling ring with a full production and all that crap was was one week after I started training. Actually, um, so what would that be? It was started training the day after September 11th. I started training so September 12th. It was like September 19th or something. It was a Friday at this place in New Brighton, Minnesota called uh, the American Legion. And uh, it was against uh, this guy named Handsome Pete. It was just this redneck luchador pretty much, but except he wasn't a luchador. He was this out of shape guy. We all called him hippie. He kind of looked like Jesus and a hippie put together. And uh, he wore a uh, Confederate flag hood. Thus, he was handsome Pete. And I was, I played a guy called, uh, oh, what the hell, who did they have me be? I don't remember the name, but all I remember is that I wore, like, a white dress shirt, some black pants, and I had to wear a mask, too. I don't remember. I was playing some, like, gay luchador from San Francisco.
1: And that was That's my first match.
4: Kind <clears> of, <throat> yeah, it was very ironic. And, uh, the man, I had a, I had a blast. I mean, I haven't, I've never seen the match. I don't know. All I remember is I had a ton of fun. I don't remember if it was very good or not. I, I, I don't know. Back then, I thought it was pretty good. It was actually probably a piece of shit. Those shows weren't too good. And like I said, the guy that was training me at first was, wasn't anything special at all.
3: Do you, do you happen so, to have a date or what month that was? Yeah, it was uh,
4: like September, September nineteenth, two thousand and one. It says when it was. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. Wow. I just know it was. It was in September and it was in two thousand and one. I can't remember the exact date. Cool. I can remember right. my first. The exact date for my first match with MPW though, which was August eleventh, two thousand and two. <laughs> Who was that with? That was. Uh, it was me and. This guy named, it was a tag match. It was me and this dude named Pretty Boy Delgado against the Young Stars, which is uh, the rising star Shimdog. Don't ask me what a Shim Dog is because I have no idea. And this other guy, uh, Joey E., also known as Joey Envy, who has uh, also done some of the IWA Mid-South shows and probably uh, the guy that I probably click well with best in the ring.
3: Well, you guys, you guys teamed often, though, didn't you? Me and Joey. Yeah.
4: No, no, I never teamed with Joey. Never.
3: No. Nope. Okay. The only guy
4: I ever really ever regularly tagged with was a dude named Ben Saylor, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who kind of started around the same time as me. Probably about. Probably about a year after me he started, and we had a tag team at one time. That I, I do more. I'm more of a singles wrestler. I, I don't really do too many tag matches. So.
3: <clears throat> so other than me and Sailor. What I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna go through um, different companies, you know, of, of uh, match results that I have of yours, and, and we'll discuss about you know uh, any stories about the guys that you were working with. Um, okay. For for Midwest Pro, the World Series of Wrestling Night One, you were in the ring with Hollow Wicked. Yes. Any stories that was awesome. Being in there with him.
4: Well, I. You know, he was a I didn't really know too much about him other than, you know, he was coming up from Chicago or because I think that's what the whole World Series thing was and
2: Yeah. Um
4: that dude he was actually really nice, really polite and you know, all those Chicago guys, they were they were really, really cool and putting them putting the match together with Bob. It was uh I don't know, it was very interesting. He he does quite a bit of comedy I guess and I don't I can't remember the match exactly to a full extent, but he was very easy to work with, and very cooperative, and you know, and that's, that's the last time I ever saw him, and the first time I ever met him too, so but I thought he was a really nice dude, and we, I think we clicked pretty well in the in the ring, and the whole World Series thing was great for MPW, or I thought anyway.
3: The thing with the Chikara boys, anybody that comes out of that school or promotion, um, you're not going to have a problem with, because they are trained properly, and... The, the trainers in their in their school just won't allow it, you know no they,
4: absolutely they i mean they you know
3: professionals and you know what more can you ask
4: yeah with, with guys like hero and quack and Bush, you know I mean there's a lot of I don't know if hero is still helping out with chikar anymore or not i I'm not sure
3: time but at
4: at the time he was i know I think he was also he was helping quack train and stuff and you know, those two guys have a great mind for wrestling, and they got a lot of knowledge, and, you know, they know what's going on, so. But, no, Hall- I'm not sure how long Hollowick has been wrestling at the time when I worked him, That was back in, uh, I want to say, 2000, 2000- was it 2004, 2005? 2005. 2005, so, yeah. I don't know how long he had been working at that time. You what's that?
3: 2002.
4: Oh, okay, okay, cool. So, yeah, so he's been working about as long as me, and, no, I, I really I really like working Hollow Wicked. I mean hopefully I can I don't know if he gets out here in California much, but I mean I'd I'd really like to wrestle him again.
3: He uh a couple shows ago he came out to a gorilla with, uh Guerrilla with Delirious. Is there a Oh, they are? So you never know. Yeah. yeah cool, really cool, good. cool. Yeah, they're really fun. So for uh MPW the World Series of Wrestling Night Two you're in the main. It's a six-man Quack, Hero, and Claudio. Yep. Against uh, version two, Ryan Cruz. Yep. Eric Cannon and yourself. Now, yes. This match had to have been wild with those yeah, guys. Yeah,
4: dude. And- I think it it went. I think it went like 55 minutes or something. It it was really long, and I. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty intense, actually. Because we just kind of went out there and kind of called it on the fly, you know. I mean, it was just, just kind of went out there and had fun. And I ended up taking a pretty long-ass heat out, out there, actually. I remember I remember those European uppercuts from Claudio. Those are pretty pretty brutal cool. at times. And, <laughs> and, you know, and then the hero chops and all that stuff. And, you know, I think it went really well. It's just, dude, it was so long. I couldn't believe the people stuck around. Cause usually in, in Minnesota, anyways, people aren't really into the whole super long matches and chain wrestling. Around. They're, they're, kind of, they're kind of like the spotty stuff. And so for them to stick around for the the 60 minutes that we wrestled was just awesome. And we, I remember the, the, the one spot we had at the end, it was this huge top thing. It was like, uh, I took this suplex and then off the rope or whatever, it was a huge tower spot. And then quack caught me in a power bomb on the way down. And I was like, Holy fuck, dude, this is crazy shit. But uh, the people loved it, and they ate it up, and <clears throat> and uh, I can't remember, I don't remember the finish, though. I know we went, I think we went, oh, no, we lost, we lost, I think Cannon lost it for us, is what had happened, and uh, that was during the whole time when he, he just came back from uh, he had this whole, like, okay. losing streak or something going on, yeah, his shoulder and all that stuff, and yeah the, the six man one of one of the one of the guys up in Minnesota that does a lot of reviews uh chris vetter he's he's a big fan of long matches I remember he used to always put that match over a lot and I think even on the pro wrestling gorilla board when i started after the first show I had there, I got a pretty good response or whatever and and he put that match over or that he or that i wrestled those guys and that was the only time I ever wrestled Claudio and hero was in that six man mm-hmm. but the coolest thing about that match I thought is that that toss up uppercut that Claudio does, I took that. That was
3: pretty sweet. <laughs> that just looks sick. It just yeah, it was sick. pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and you know, he's just so different, and he's he's a breath of fresh air because there no,
1: no, is no absolutely. one
3: on this planet that's like Claudio.
4: Dude, he's awesome. And I just remember because back in back in what 2005, I was like 45 pounds, forty forty five pounds lighter and. And when he tossed me up and he hit me with that European dude, dude, I did like this big corkscrew out of it. He hit me so hard. It was crazy.
3: Well, the, just to drop a little news for those, the, the fans that are listening live, um, when Claudio broke into the business in Europe, he was part of a tag team called Swiss money holding. And the other half of the team is called, uh, the guy's name is Eris, And Eris has decided to move to the United States following Claudio's lead. Now we are in for a treat because they are a hell of a team. They are I, good.
4: I, I, I've never seen uh, Claudio. I've never seen the Swiss money holding team. I. I don't think. No, actually, I did. When the, when uh, he came, Eris, he came to the U.S. not too long ago, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so I, I think that's when I caught him when I when I saw them. I don't remember where I saw him. I saw him on a DVD somewhere. Yeah, those guys, the the Europeans, they you know, they have an interesting style. And, and Claudio, he can wrestle like a luchador, too. It's hilarious. I mean, the dude is so versatile. He's so good.
3: And the the crazy thing is, Eris is the power man.
2: And oh, yeah, yeah, you
3: know, yeah. That's, that's what's <laughs> odd. So, uh, I'm looking at the North Star Premier Wrestling Full Throttle event from, uh, uh, September 16th, oh you you're in the ring with Lenny Lane. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Lenny Lane, that dude is... <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry. No, no, this is your interview, brother. I want to hear about <laughs> Lenny. Dude, Lenny, uh, uh, he's... Uh, the dude's hilarious, first
4: off. The guy's really, really funny. He's a really funny guy. Um... And the thing about Lenny is he – in, in Minnesota, he kind of has this rep that he doesn't like to do anything, and he's really lazy, and he's just this cocky prick or whatever. And he, you know, he doesn't ever want to work with anyone. He just wants to pin me, pay me, pin me, pay me, or whatever, you know. So that's not true. When, 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 I, was, when I worked with Lenny, he came up to me, like, a couple weeks before he found out we were going to work and like, hey, man, you know, I want to do so much, we got to do this and do this and blah, blah, blah. He said, no one around here wants to fucking do anything because they all think I don't want to do shit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, man, well, you know, let's go and do it. So, I, when I, <clears throat> when the match came, over to work with Lenny, and he just wanted to do tons of shit. It was just weird. I didn't, you know, because everyone said he didn't like to do anything, but we ended up having this long cruiserweight matchup. I don't know, I think we went like 15 minutes or something, and he ended up beating me with a Texas cloverleaf. He was trying to get over, or no, it was like, a, actually, no, sorry, it was a Boston crab. He's getting over the the walls of Lane, I think is what he called it. But, uh, I'm not too I'm not too sure what that dude does in his personal life or anything like that. I'm not too familiar with money too much other than I, I just run a couple shows with him. But the dude, he's really, he. he's just a funny guy. Because, like, for instance, there's this one guy that runs shows named Tony DeNucci, Dude, he's pretty much mm-hmm. full of shit or whatever, this guy. And, and he just thinks he's so fucking cool and whatnot. But, I don't know, Lenny's, Lenny's a funny dude. He puts him in his place and just is like, you just... Shut the uh, hell up! And I don't know. He's you know, just, yeah. Just I Lenny's, wish I, I Lenny's wish I knew more himself. about Lenny, so I could tell you.
3: Lenny's day job. He, um, you up in the Minnesota area. You can actually have a pro wrestling birthday party.
4: Yeah, I
3: know. Okay, I was just, will, yeah, that's right. I know he. will <laughs> come to your birthday party.
4: Yeah, that's right. I did hear. I did hear that. I think he also runs a video store. Also. Wow,
3: that's cool. That's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, he's a really cool dude, you know, he's really down to earth and he's just one of those guys that, you know, he was he was in the big time with WCW and he took it all in and, you know, he likes to share he shares that stuff and shares his knowledge and all that. He doesn't, you know, keep it all to himself in big league you know, or anything like that. That's just what I that's um, speaking of big league and all that, it's the funniest shit. I know every time I meet, you know, guys that are on T V or wherever I work with those guys or former guys that were on TV they don't big league at all, but it's it's weird. Some of these fucking guys in the Indies, they think they're so goddamn cool and shit, and then and then they end up big league you. and so you're like, well, dude, who are you? No one knows you. Just have some fun, put on a show for the people, and let
3: it go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, well, I'm I'm going through Eric Cannon's uh, company, First Wrestling.
2: Yeah, very of the cool show
3: place. The, the return. On uh, June 17th, oh seven, you are headlining against a uh, former guest of our show, Mr. Tyler Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very please, cool guy. Please tell me a good Tyler Black story because I've heard many. You know, I, man, I don't... The only thing I can tell about Tyler is
4: the encounter I had with him this one time and I wrestled him. So, um, you know, a lot of people always wanted to see me and Tyler wrestle around in Minnesota and... And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, he's, he, I think we have similar styles and whatnot. And that was a, I was actually really worried about that match because I hadn't wrestled in, I think, about four months. And all I did was kind of, as far as exercising, I just lifted weights and all that. So I didn't do any cardio or anything like that. And then I was kind of sweating it. I was, I was really nervous. I mean, I can't remember being as nervous as I was that night. It was crazy. Cause I didn't know if the people, you know, and even though it was only four months and, you know, I was pretty over in Minnesota and, uh, it's only been four months. I thought, oh man, you know, the people aren't going to remember me and all this stuff. And then, you know, once and Tyler, those guys are all late. So I'm just freaking out and I'm like, man, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to do? And, you know, I felt like it was like my first match again. <laughs> it was pretty weird. So Tyler, Tyler eventually shows up with, uh, with Josh Abercrombie and, uh, and uh M twenty Matt Cross and you know, I was just like, Hey Tyler, what's up man? You know, what are we gonna do tonight? What are we gonna do? And and you know, he had some ideas which was good and then they kinda rolled off his ideas and we started putting the match together and you know, he was really calm and collected and and everything and the thing about Tyler is I hear he's a pretty pretty good guitar hero player and uh totally wanna play that because I think I could kick his ass. So, if you want to issue the
2: well, challenge for me, we'll have we a Guitar him out Hero off.
3: we got to get him out here, man. Get him out here in San Francisco. He can come on over. I have all of the games. Uh, <laughs> we'll do it. Over and we'll whale. We'll That's right. And my wife is doing the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure little guitar thingy. But she can, this is a shoot, she can beat me in Guitar Hero. So.
4: Well, I think I can beat you in Guitar Hero. Oh man, That's I'm pretty challenge. good, man. I'm pretty good, but oh, I hear God. Tyler's pretty good too. Yeah, you, you know, sure. I mean, I wish, you know, I wish I had a better story to tell you about Tyler. And the only time I ever really talked him was that one night, and just I don't, know, he's just really, he's a really calm dude, you
3: know. And well, if if you get if you get booked for uh, Bola weekend for Gorilla, you'll you'll uh, you'll hook up with him because yeah, I hope I can get on that I show. I hear he's coming down. So okay, cool, cool, cool now i am uh what level are you at in guitar hero i play it on expert expert all right yeah you win all right (laughs) i'm looking at a pro wrestling rush january of oh seven you're in the ring with one of my personal favorite uh midwest workers silas young oh
4: yeah i'm I'm mr young silas silas came up around the same time i did and uh I used to kind of not get jealous of Silas, but or I don't know, I don't know. I just I kind of always felt when I first started MPW, they kind of they kind of put me aside or whatever, and you know they they would use me here and there, use me here and there, and they had these big Saturday shows every month, and I remember that you know Silas would come up and you know he would he would get on the show or whatever right away, and all that shit, and I was like, man, why won't they use me? You know they'll use Silas, and he's been wrestling just as long as me, but. Well, you know, I was a lot smaller back then, so this was a lot bigger than me. I just always would be like, man, what the hell? I remember one time uh, Nick Mondo was on one of the shows, and they didn't have an opponent for him, and I was like, you know. And my one of my best friends, Horse the Psychopath, who is absolutely wow. awesome. That guy's great. You know, he was always pushing for me and stuff, and put me on the shows, put, put him on the shows, and you know, there was this time when I was going to wrestle Mondo. And, at this, and back in, you know, 2002, I was – That was still a huge mark, and I was like, oh, Nick Mondo, you know, he's a big name on the East Coast with his Deathmatch shit, and blah, 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 and I was like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, he's way over here in Minnesota, I can do some crazy stuff with him and try and get over and whatnot, and just have some fun, you know, and people enjoy it, and blah, 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 well, you know, I was getting ready, you know, getting ready, I was gonna wrestle Mondo or whatever, and then here comes, you know, Silas shows up, and... You know, they throw me off the car, and they put Silas on against Mondo, and I was like, shit. I remember that match. Silas actually ended up, I don't know if he broke his nose, but he busted his nose open pretty bad doing a 450 splash. But now fast forward up to in January of 07, when I worked Silas. Um, i It really is a shame because the venue that we wrestled at really put a limitation on the type of match we could have. So we had a very, you know, boring, basic typical wrestling one-on-one match and
3: we hit was some it a cool low, low, uh, lower ceiling was oh it yeah ceiling i low? mean
4: yeah, yeah very very low can you can't even do a leapfrog it's so low and so Ooh. that was the only time i got to work silas and i was hoping i was gonna be able to wrestle him up in wisconsin because i started wrestling for this place up in wisconsin called mercury one and and i guess he had some falling out with those guys or something and so that wasn't ever gonna happen there and <laughs> But yeah the match i had with silas with it wasn't as good as it could have been, I think, just because of the limitations
3: we had. <clears throat> cool. Cool. Um, let me see. IWA Mid-South, you uh, did a double shot. Um, December 15th and 16th of 06. On the 15th, you worked, uh, one of my, one of my favorite workers, Brandon Comic Yeah,
2: 24. uh...
4: My with my Brandon was, I don't know, I guess some people some people liked it. I, I didn't read really any reviews on it. I don't know. A couple of people said they liked it a lot. But I thought i thought when I worked Brandon that, he uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I think I let him eat me up a little too much. I didn't know because there was no one in the audience. I mean, there was probably 15, 20 people in the audience. So I didn't expect to go out there, you know, stiffen the shit out of each other and whatnot. So we were out there wrestling or whatever, whatnot, and, Dude, man, just rocks me in the fucking back with a kick to the spine. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And uh, he just kind of – he didn't really sell any of my stuff or anything. And, you know, and it just – he just kept stiffing the shit out of me. I mean, he he beat the shit out of me out there. you know. I, and I, I shouldn't really – I don't know why I let him do that as much. I was just kind of – I don't know. For some reason, IWA always made me nervous the few times I wrestled there. I just I kind of just want I guess to impress Ian or something I don't know what it was I know they had this whole strong style stiffness thing going on and when I wrestled Brandon I mean dude just I don't know it's like he wanted he wanted me to beat the shit out of him to sell sell for me and I wasn't and I don't I don't wrestle like that it's not my thing so you know he just kind of he pounded on me here and there and and he gave me that power bomb on the knees and whatnot in the end and I don't know that's, that's I don't know the match. I wasn't too pleased with it. That whole weekend I wasn't too pleased with the matches I had, but I just thought Brandon, I don't know. I'd like to work him again, work him again I guess, but I don't think we worked too well with one another that night anyway just because I'm not going to say it's my fault or his fault or anything. It's just I i wasn't expecting to go out there in front of 15 people and beat the hell out of each other, and he was, so
3: he beat me up. Well, and and the next night you – you worked with my favorite black Irishman, Rick O'Shea. Um, quite a difference. You had you know that rather large gentleman, uh, Brandon, the night before, and then you had little Rick O'Shea. Um, how was it being in the ring with Rick? R- Rick O'Shea,
4: that dude was really cool. The reason I like Rick O'Shea a lot is he has, he's a big fan of Tenacious D, as am I. And, uh... <laughs> He, dude, he's a tiny guy. I mean, I always thought I was small, but I mean, it was, it was just—it was, just, was so good being the big guy in the match. You know what I mean? mean? 'Cause I'm always the little guy in the match. So I just felt like, yes, I'm finally get—I get to you know throw someone around a little bit and whatnot. That dude is a—you know—he's a—he's a barrel of energy. He's—he's a, he's a quick he's little a dude. He's a machine. And, I think he's a bump machine and he'll take anything. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. I don't know. I—I I felt like he was nervous a little bit when I was wrestling him. He—he he, we had the spot plan rubber and he. He blew it, and he just kept rushing. He kept, kept trying to do it, kept trying to do it. I'm like, whatever. So, eventually, we just cut the spot out in and, and the match. But up until that spot, the match was really high impact and fast, blah, 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 and all that. And,
1: you know, it wasn't really good
4: up until, you know, once once we blew that spot or whatever, he he got pretty upset out there, I think, and it kind of killed his morale out there. But, uh, no, I thought I not Ricochet and I also met uh, Chuck Taylor that night. And I thought those two were – are pretty damn funny. I mean, Ricochet—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a weird dude, man. He's always doing little gibberish things and singing the Tenacious D stuff, and he's just a nerd. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but so am I. So that's—that's that's why I think I—I I got along with him that those two nights that I was working for Ian and, you know, and you no, know, I thought I thought Ricochet was a really cool dude. Unfortunately, Uh, there isn't really anyone in wrestling that I that I guess I really dislike. I don't really have any enemies. I wish I did; it would make for an interesting
3: story. Well, you will, dude. You're young. Give it time. (laughs) I've been doing it for like seven years, though. You know, and still, you're still a baby. Give it time. Give it time. Okay, let's say hypothetically, Rubber Guard Radio is is gonna put on a show in in the cell space in San Francisco. And you will be the semi-main event, and I will give you the opportunity to bring in any independent worker to work with you that is not under contract to ROH or TNA. Whom would you bring in? Um, that's a hard question.
4: Man, that's a really hard question. I'm trying to think of someone that I haven't wrestled before. That's not under contract with Ring of Honor or those guys now. Um, shit. You know what, dude? Um, dude, that's really hard. That's a hard question. Let me see. Someone I can. You know who I really want to wrestle? I really want to wrestle Brian Cage in a singles. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be the only guy that I would want to wrestle. But I wouldn't mind wrestling Super Dragon. I think Super Dragon yeah. could be. What's that?
3: <laughs> no, don't even get me started on the fat guy. So no, you don't like Super Dragon? No, he um, <laughs> he had the world. Then he let himself go physically, and yeah, I mean, I understand he's got injuries and whatever, but
4: yeah, but that know, guy, that I, guy, you know, he's got a big name for himself from California. I, I don't know, I don't know. It's just so. Hard. I wouldn't mind working Chris Hero either in a singles. It's just that's so. That's that's Actually, just that's a
3: that's,
4: that's a really hard question. But what I'm
3: question, going to do is when when we get off the air here, I, I'm going to call the powers that be at Fog City and see what we can do about having Brandon Bonham booked with the Disco Machine. I think. That oh, would that, be would a be cool. that would be cool. That would be a fun I, match. I went nuts for disco this past Saturday. I mean, that I, guy
4: I, is the nicest guy. I think i have one of the nicest guys I've met in wrestling out here so far. He was he's a really cool dude. Yeah, well,
3: he's. His his gimmick is just so over the top, and it's just <laughs> cool. And,
2: and,
3: you know he can he can go and especially you know the match the match he had this past Saturday with Nikki was was exceptional. Um, I've noticed that that Nikki tends to work better with the boys as opposed to the girls.
5: Okay, because
3: um, the month before we had her and Sumi Sakai, and it was kind of a kind of a flat match. But then this month. um she worked with disco machine and they just clicked on all cylinders i i don't quite understand but yeah that was that was fun stuff so um what are you doing this weekend
4: this weekend i am probably working actually got to get this movie done a lot of work a lot of work going on in their visual effects side so Cool. Have to that's that's my other passion in life is the visual effects career. Okay. So I'm probably working on that. I'll probably I might go up to uh the the Pismo Dunes and do some four wheeling. They you can rent quads out there and it's pretty sweet. So I might go and do that too.
3: So you're gonna completely take the weekend off from wrestling?
4: Yes, I'm not wrestling this, this weekend. Wow. My, fam, my family's coming down here for the first time uh next week so that's why Fox was my last booking I took this month
1: cool so I got to
4: get stuff ready this weekend for when they come and and what so, so no more bookings in April
3: <laughs> so where do you live exactly I live
4: I live I live on the central coast I live uh in Santa Maria which is right next to Pismo Beach Oh cool somewhere so down yeah
2: down what's town? that
3: yeah, I'm I'm like
4: 4 hours away from you.
3: Oh, okay. Wow, you're way way down there.
4: Yeah, a couple hours are from LA. You,
3: uh, are you booked for Gabe Ramirez's show in Santa Maria?
4: Yes, right now I am. Cool. Right now I am. I believe it's me and Brian Cage against uh Billy Blade and Caden Anthony. Yeah.
3: Mm, that should be good. It should be good. Uh, if, if, I believe that's if what it is Billy, right Billy now. He brings his working shoes if Billy decides to go out and actually do something. It should well, be good. Billy doesn't have a choice because
4: all he doesn't have a choice. He's wrestling me and Brian, so he's gonna have to do something.
3: Well, Brian that show drew much. like
4: sixteen hundred people last time. They gotta do something.
3: Well, Santa Maria's just drawn well. Whenever you know, it well, doesn't dude. matter who's on the card. I mean, they just draw very well for some odd reason. And I, I don't know, maybe it's something in the water, I, I don't know. But uh, Gabe or Roland will not tell me why. So I'll tell you exactly how. why.
4: There's nothing to do really in Santa Maria, and uh, they love luchador wrestling, so they draw a lot of Hispanic fans. So, you know, they have the luchador show and all that stuff, and that's how they draw lots of people. And uh, they do a lot of promotional work too, though, I know that, so... I think they do some TV stuff. You know, they do the stuff that you're supposed to do, and they do a really good job out here in Santa Maria. I don't know how they would run elsewhere, but I don't know. Last time here, there were 1,600 people, and that was the biggest crowd I've ever worked for, and it was pretty sweet. That's
3: cool. That's cool. So um, when's your next pro wrestling gorilla booking?
4: Um, It is May 18th.
3: Do you have any idea who you're gonna be in there with?
4: No idea. No idea.
3: Well you see. You've been in the ring with both of the Young Bucks. Yep. Once for Pro Wrestling Gorilla and once for um SoCal Pro Wrestling. Yep. What do you what do you think of the Young Bucks?
4: Oh I do those guys are amazing. I think they're like the new age rockers. Those guys are, so far, next to Brian Cage, I think, those two are my favorite guys that I've met out here in California so far, so those two and Brian Cage, I mean, those guys are just so nice and respectful, I mean, they're, yeah, they're they're great, I don't know, you know, Nick and Matt, both those guys, very easy to work with, too, and they like to work hard, and, you know, and they like to do lots of stuff, which is cool, because I'm totally down with doing lots of stuff out there, too, and but no, those guys got a long, bright future ahead of them. I think. I think they're gonna make it to the top. I think they'll make it yep. to the big time.
3: So totally. Are, next next month, they are going on tour for Dragon Gate.
4: Yep,
2: Japan. that's what they were
3: telling me. Pretty cool. That's good. They they should. Uh, they'll be able to keep up.
4: No, absolutely, yep. no no doubt about it. Those guys are those guys are exceptionally good. I mean, they got a cool little. They got a good look, you know, and a fun little poppy little gimmick with the Hanson thing and stuff. That's pretty funny. And, um, th- those guys can go, man. They know their shit. They, they're pretty, they got some cool little innovative things too. And, and like I said, I think those guys definitely have, have a future in wrestling ahead of them. I know. I'd be very surprised if they don't get picked up. Very surprised.
3: Well, um, I would like to know how, uh, how you got booked by, by a friend of the show, um, SoCal Pro Wrestling. How did you get that booking?
4: Actually, Gabe set me up with that booking. He was talking talking to Jeff, and, and he asked, and, you know, and Gabe suggested booking me and Billy, Billy Blade, and and he asked me if I want to do it, and I said, yeah, sure, you know, I want to get down to the South, because, you know, I want to start wrestling down there, and, you know, maybe this can generate something for me to get on the PWG or something, and I got down there, and I actually ended up wrestling, Matt, and uh, he put in the word for me to Joey, because I ended up I actually, I was working Joey, I worked Joey at that Last Santa Maria show, and and Joey wanted to work me in the singles, and he said afterwards, and, you know, he's really happy with the match and everything, and I was like, oh, cool, you know, maybe that'll, you know, kind of score some points for me to get into PWG, so then I got down to SoCal Pro, I wrestled Matt, and I didn't know who the Young Bucks were at all, you know, I, I didn't know, I don't know anyone over here, really, other than the people that I'm meeting now. And after I wrestled, uh, matter to every, you know, he's like, you know, I'm going to go tell Joey, you know, put you on PWG and blah, blah, blah. And I do that. That's awesome. So he went and told Joey. And then a couple weeks later, Joey ended up giving me a call and, you know, put me on against Nemesis.
3: Yeah. I, I watched, I watched that, uh, that SoCal pro match today and it was, it was solid. It was, it was good stuff. Um, well, I'm going to have to wrap up this interview because uh, I have uh, Cesar Black banging on my door to come on. Oh, what the, the show. hell, yeah. man? You're cutting me well, off? Hey. hey, he paid you last weekend. <laughs> so he's got to be okay in your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. No problem. So if um, if you want to uh, receive fan mail or, um, or have uh, a promoter book you, how do they go about doing that?
4: Go to MySpace. What is it? I think it's my MySpace. is myspace.com backslash kid underscore crazy. Just so everyone knows, I don't wrestle as Kid Crazy anymore. That's that's long gone. Just Brandon Bonham now, like the drummer from Zeppelin. And so, yeah, just go you either go into MySpace, do a search for Brandon Bonham, or go into Google and do a search for Brandon Bonham, and I think I'm pretty much the only one that comes up. So,
3: so MySpace
4: is the best way to get a hold of me through wrestling.
3: Cool. Well, Mr. B, it was my pleasure having you on, brother. We'll have to have you on in a a couple months closer to uh, Battle of Los Angeles time. Um, If I don't see you at a show – well, I won't see you at a show this month. I will see you definitely at a show next month, and thanks for coming on. All right, dude. Well, I'll
4: talk to you later, and uh, thanks for having me, and
3: we'll do it again. Awesome. Thank you for your time, brother, and I will talk to you soon. Later, bro. All right. Okay, and the final segment of Rubber Guard Radio tonight is brought to you by our sponsor, com, the, the up-and-coming promotion of the fans in San Francisco. Speaking of the devil, on the line,
1: Caesar Black. What's going on, boss? About as close to the devil as you can get and stay cool, you know what I mean? What's uh-huh. happening? How you doing? Uh, you know, it I'm cool, cool. now, there's, brother. There's Fuck a couple things, man. couple things, couple things. One, it's Commandant. That, that's first. I am the yes, Commandant. Sir. Don't forget that. Okay? And uh, secondly, man, you know, Bonham having wishes, you know, if you were booking over here, Fox City, let me tell everybody out there, the Commandant runs things. Everybody learned that last week. You know, they were all there. You were there, right? I'm the man. Yes, sir. Okay? I'm the man. Fox City, I run it. No name that radio DJ Punk and punks like you, you're all learning the hard way. <laughs> you know? It's cool though. I got some announcements to make. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna bore the people like Bonham and I got something from July fifth. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let the cat out of the bag like my man Brian Cage of the Wolverine did. You know, I heard you guys already talking about the, the move to our new fortress. Um, you know, we, we um we've grown up a little bit over here in Fox City and um we're looking for new digs. And uh, the good people of San Francisco are opening up the doors, and we're in talks with the Keysar Stadium, you know, down there right by Golden Gate Park, right off the Hate. Um, I like to call it Caesar Country, and uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be big, you know. So I just want to come on, um, you know, Rubber Guard Radio, the place where you you invited us on first. So I thought this would be something you like to hear first, and all the people out there who just dropped their milk and cookies and said, "What did he just say?" You know, because when Caesar speaks, things like that happen. Hey, where's your uh, sidekick? He's working. Oh, right on the big. Fuck right, him! I don't need him. His his posse doesn't provide him with penance. See, if he was if he was a <laughs> good leader, he'd have a he'd have a collection plate, and he could pass it around. And he wouldn't have to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. So, um, you know, I just want to, you know, let everybody know out there. You know, we got a lot of big things coming up in Fox City. And as the commandant, it's you know, it's my general duty to inform San Francisco and the world, all the homies out there, and all the people that hate Caesar and all those that hail Caesar, you know, alike. They're going to be really happy with the move. Um, the city of San Francisco's going to be happy with the move. Uh, the only person who's not going to be happy is Armani because it's more floor friend than mop. Uh, that's that uh, that up Marcus Mac. The ringing out there, you know, he's going to, have to, he's going to have to use his grown-up voice, a little bit louder. You know the, the whole thing is going to be bigger. You know, so we're looking forward to it. And the first one is going to be uh, July fifth, Independence Day. It's going to be a brave new world. Tremendous.
3: Now this is uh, the the uh, Keysar Pavilion. Yeah. Cool. The indoor pavilion. A, yeah, it's a pretty nice uh nice venue. Oh, it's uh, it's, it's,
1: you, it's awesome.
3: It is nothing nothing compares to the mm-hmm. cell
1: space, but.
3: Keys
1: are you know a close I was, second, so. you know I was, um, yeah, keys are a close second. Keys are definitely, you know, it's the, it's the, um, I guess it'd be like the baby brogam before you go get your first timberland. You know, the, the, the would be like in a nice new pair of tims, which I'm sure you don't know anything about because you have no style. And, uh, but keys uh, are have style. People out there who know style know that what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, those little white shoes the babies use and they start kicking, daddy in the nuts. That's, that's mm-hmm. what the, that's what the key, that's what the keys are is. He got a nice kick to the nuts to everybody out there and uh letting them know that we're real. We got all the tools for it. Um we got you know, we got plenty. If you haven't um, been out there and checked us out in the real world of media, you know, we were just on Alice ninety seven point three, um, the a non internet station. Um, we've been on Cron four. Uh I think we've um exploded the YouTube. Um the highlight reels are blowing up. So everybody out there is feeling us. We're being felt just about every continent around the world right now, we're checking our hits from the website and, you know, our fourth or fifth biggest supporter is New York. Go figure. It must be all that flavor Caesar kicks when he's there at the clubs doing the nightlife thing. So it's worldwide and we're just, we're just doing what we told the whole planet we we're going to do. You know, we came out here for one reason, you know, Fox city, we came out to bring um, respectability and pride back to the Bay Area wrestling. You know, there's a lot of the grassy high bullshit that goes on out there. And uh, we're not about that. We're about the business of putting on great shows and, you know, we've been doing that. You know, Steve Ramone put on one great one, and me as the commandant, I just put on you know two bangers if I'm gonna say myself. And uh, you know, it's going down. That's what we do. Speak up, Mark. Listen to me, you dirty wombat. If I ever hear you coming on here and calling me names again, man, <laughs> it's gonna be bad news for you, brother. I you know exactly believe... who this is. I can't believe you put Mr. No Alternate on the line. Uh yeah. Hey, I still have your hat on my wall. If you want it back, you know where I live, pal. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm. You know, you are doing. You are doing some good things by moving. Uh, moving us over to. I'll. I'll tip my hat to that. That you are moving us all on, on over to the uh, Keys Art Pavilion. That's a good thing. But uh, never forget, you ain't nothing with all of us, C's. Nothing. Uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. No. You know, you know Caesar. Caesar, Caesar's Caesar a lot like the old West. In the old West, you had these like towns that had, uh, you know, the one horse town. You got the picture of the saloon on one side, the post office on one side. You got the the little things with the horses tied up to them. All do they call the little things? You know. And Caesar wow. is like Caesar. Caesar like one of those guys who comes in on the the nice fancy car. He comes rolling into town, and he drops his things. Says everybody step right up. Inside here is the greatest show in the world, and everybody laughs and then they go inside and it's the greatest show in the world because Caesar told him it was that's who that that's what's going on right now you know- you know and Marcus Meg me have a point you know the the fog the fog are definitely a vital key to it, you know, but the engine that makes this little engine go up the the hill right here, you know, and um some of the things we're working on for said July fifth show you know we've got our finger um you know, sticking over towards the east a little bit. You know, we got our thumb pointed back towards the the south a little bit. Um, we got some legendary figures who we're on the line with, and uh, I had to send carrier pigeons to those old farts, but uh, they're out there. They know. They know to come. And uh, so, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say three three adjectives right here: bigger, badder, bolder. Hands down, Fog City is about to turn it out. Okay. I'm ashamed every time I turn around and I open up one of those PWIs and I look at it and I look in the back and it says Rinky Dink Pro Wrestling with X guy, you know, champ. They got the results in there and we're, and we're nowhere to be found. And we, we started a revival when we kicked off Fox City and, and everybody doubted, you know, and now the doubt has become everybody anticipates. So we went from doubt to anticipation and now we're about to move into expectation. I want people to expect. Great things from us. You know what I mean? Because I expect them from myself. You know, um, somebody I can't tell you will be at July 5th, Mr. Bonham will be really interested in all this. I got sick of his whining and complaining. Called up a close personal friend of mine, Eric Cannon. He is going to come here. And he told me that if uh, I need it done, Bonham's out like that. So Eric Cannon's coming to Fog City. That's a fact. You can write it down. Oh, and, uh,
3: hell Yes.
1: You can write that down. You can thank Caesar for that. You know, to quote my to quote my good friend, the king of the Persians, "I am kind." And <laughs> so, yeah, we're about to rock it. And uh, I want everybody to go get their pencils. I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna give a, what, a five second delay, so you can go pick up your pencils. I want you to write this down. Uh, all right, July 5th, 2008. If you do not make it out to the Keys, are, your life, as you know it, is going to be a little lonely. You're going to have something missing inside of you because you're going to miss the one thing that you came out to and said, "Man, that was my city. That was awesome. That was uh, that was that was the whole show." You know, to quote to all those people out there who love the ECW references, this would be the whole effing show. You know, and I, that I love that T-shirt. There's only thing from ECW that I that I actually feel like a lot was that shirt. Um, and uh, the Black Pearl, I spoke with him. He's in Italy taking care of business. He told me that he will definitely be coming, and he's definitely bringing somebody with him. And when Pearl tells me he's bringing somebody with him, I keep I, that sensibly hands because next time you talk to me, it might be a better name, a bigger name, because we're about to blow out the building. Stevie Armani, he's going to be there. I have I have an announcement. I I, I want to make amends mm-hmm. with my brother, you know. I mean, no, nah, no, I don't. I, that, that was a trick. I don't. I really just want him to watch me to blow up bigger, and actually I do want him to really sweep the floors. And um, yeah, that's what I want him there for. KZ. Yes, sir. KZ, what, um, what's going on with you? You're gonna, you're gonna you want to be there? You want to, you want to interview Caesar? Do you, do you have any questions for me? Actually, those that are listening now, you need to
3: get up off your ass. Go to FogCityWrestling.com. Go to, click on the merchandise button. And you need to purchase the DVD for the first show. Now, this DVD was amazing. From top to bottom, the wrestling was great. But the actual production was second to none. I mean, that was some good stuff. Really good camera work. Uh, Everything was clicking. And the the, the product is, is...
1: it's just, it's, bam, I'm ready for the second one to come out. I'm ready for the, the third one to one. come out. I do, I do have an announcement um, as regards to the second DVD. Um, the second DVD will be ready on Cinco de Mayo. We were supposed to have a show called Cinco de Mayo on Cinco de Mayo. What we've actually done is, and Marcus Mack, if you're listening, this, this is really important. I need you there. Uh, I might bring your hat back. We're going to be at El Cone in San Francisco, and we're going to be doing a DVD release of the second DVD uh, re-release from the first DVD, we're gonna have some of our guys there. Um, it's it's gonna be a good time, and we're actually gonna have a lot of um, a lot of people, Fox City faithful, are gonna be out there. And Caesar's um, gonna give a speech. Probably gonna have a sash or something. I'll be looking dashing. I'll definitely be there. Um, but it's gonna be a great time. So L Ring Con, KZ, you are invited. Um, you do have to pay a cover, at, uh, just so you. And there's a dress code, so none of that Brian Billick sweatshirt stuff. You do. Um, you gotta look nice when you hang out with Caesar in the city. Um, master optional. Um uh, it's gonna be Pink Huddy Mile. We're right by the mission. Um, and like he said, yeah, man, if you went over to the merchandise section and anything, anything there, you know, the hoodies, they're flying off the shelf and um don't let the sniper fool you people. It will be Fox City again soon. Um and it will be cold so you'll need your hoodie. Um, the D V D I you know, I, we we try to think outside the box, you know, at Fox City. That's where the packaging, that's why everything about our presentation is different, you know. Because for us, it's more about the guys we have in that locker room are so awesome. The wrestling speaks for itself. You know, we don't have to oversell the cover. You know, you get the cover. It's something that's pretty cool, it's artistic. You know, it's got like a comic book flavor to it. But then we deliver. You know what I mean? Because if we were all art and fluff and and no and no actual guts, it would just be. It would almost be like an emo record. You know, which is a damn shame. You know, emo. So. Yeah. you got tell any- you say yes. Yeah.
3: I'm I'm a little so. too straight for that scene, so.
1: Exactly. But, uh,
3: we do have a caller. Caller from the 415. Whom am I speaking with?
4: Commandant Black. This is Stevie Armani. Uh ah,
1: geez, what is this? And I heard Scripps you calling out. me out on the radio here, sir. Yeah. What is this, Scrubs night out? What is it? You <laughs> first Marcus Mac, now you. What is what's going on here? KZ, don't you have a bouncer? <laughs> you need an assistant, dude. Keep letting me so What do you need, Stevie? What can I do for you?
4: Just responding to your challenge, man. Okay.
1: What do you want okay. me to be
4: there at a July 5th for? Not you not for the floor just, with anything other than your face.
1: Let me explain something to you. There. I, I I didn't appreciate the radio DJ thing. I, I I think you were trying to show me up. Um, I, I just I just want you to be there face to face. I can just tell you how I really feel about the whole situation. You know, it's not my fault. You let a 300-pound samoan hit somebody in the head with a chair. That was on you. I just picked up the scraps And I turned it into beautiful gold Like I do everything So I'm just cleaning up your mess But you want to bring out some scrubby DJ Call me out Have some big 450 pound Samoan Grabbing my leather jacket You saw it Casey I gotta grab my arm That's assault I gotta put in prison For life I'm Caesar Black Nobody touches me Anyway Not even Mrs. Black Hey, whoa Alright, that's <laughs> it I don't know what's going on around here because they're taking crazy pills. But you have to understand something. I don't know. I don't know what city you think it is. I don't know what state you think it is. But this is Caesar Country, <laughs> and Caesar vision is never blurry. And I'll see you, Stephen Armani, July fifth. It's going to be awesome. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be like Ebony and Ivory. Except there's going to be no love going on. It's going to be a lot like uh, it's going to be like Tom and Jerry, and I'm going to play Jerry. Oh boy! I'll see you there.
3: All right. I'll, I'll see you there. there. Too hot. This is getting too <laughs> hot for the airwaves, guys. I'm going to have to cut both of you off. Steve, thanks for calling in, brother. I, I, I appreciate you calling in and, and trying to put uh, Caesar in his place. Uh, Whoa. In Commandant, it, but... Commandant yep. sir, I will be in contact with you very soon. So uh, hey. I'm going to have to uh, cut you off because uh, I do have another caller on the line that that would like to, uh, to hop on. So once again, keys are... Pavilion, San Francisco,
1: Fog City. Check it out. July 5th. Is July 5th. It's going to be the day of independence. It's going to be off the chain. FogCityWrestling.com is the place to get your tickets. Um, we are doing a new highlight reel it will be up this weekend. And uh, thanks for making us number one. KZ, I'll deal with you on the 5th. Easy, brother. All right. Okay,
3: Alex. Thanks for calling in, brother. Hey, what's
5: going on? Dan Lana got a lot to say. Tanahashi is awesome. What uh which
3: match did, which match? Is it the final?
5: Oh man, I've not seen the final yet. I I, I saw uh, he was in a tag match Oh, okay. Um, I don't know, just serious is awesome. I wish Dragon Gate would bring him over. I know he's not in yeah. Dragon Gate, I know he has...
3: So far we have one, two, three three um champions carnival Shows have uh, have appeared, so um, the third one I'm sending you tomorrow morning.
5: Okay, good, uh, good.
3: So that, hey, I'm that's excited about that
5: Brandgate show coming to Los Angeles. So that should be very interesting.
3: Yes, yes, it is. Did you happen yeah, to uh, catch any of the interview with uh, Brandon Bonham?
5: Uh, no, I, I caught a little bit of it, but then I got right back off because, as you know, I'm at work. I think you you had the ring, stuff so I let like KZ do it.
3: Yeah well we were we were going you know going over uh some of the guys that he was that he's worked with in the in the midwest and and he uh-huh. he's he was considered you know uh, an upper echelon worker you know because they would bring in halllla wicked and you know and chris harrow and claudio he took that that uh that elevated uh european uppercut from claudio
5: uh-huh
3: and uh yeah, so he was, you know, he's considered a, a higher-tier worker. And it was just announced by Caesar Black that on the July 5th Fog City show, Eric Cannon will be in the building. Eric Cannon, uh-oh. Eric Cannon. So hopefully we get uh, Eric Cannon, the teacher, against Brandon Bonham, the student. Uh-oh. That'd be
5: some interesting that'd,
3: stuff. Oh, yeah. That'd be money.
5: Anytime you get anytime you get in there with the ring with your trainer, you know it's gonna be brutal.
3: Mhm. Oh yes. Oh yes, oh yes. So let's check the clock. We have about uh about ten minutes or so to go. So uh, what's going on, brother? Any uh, uh any good Joey news? Pitt, Joey beats B- senior. He he replaced Mario Child to
5: take on uh, Robbie Lawler. That's disappointing uh well
1: no, Lawler's oh, taking shit. on
5: Scott Smith, did he?
3: Yeah, that's going to be the war. That's Smith uh, and Robbie Lawler? Yeah, that's going to be fun.
5: Uh, did you but, uh, have to check out ECW to know how Mike Adamly did on this?
3: I don't watch ECW.
5: Oh, man, I, I would have watched it just to see how Adamly did because Adamley was so horrible on his other appearances, like at the Royal Rumble and whatever else mm-hmm. I saw him, so him.
3: Well, I just I- I don't watch it. I don't watch WWE. I don't watch... You know any of that stuff? Okay. I There's um, my time is more valuable.
5: Okay. Well, Randy Couture is picking Saint Pierre over Sarah.
3: Um, who are you picking? Saint Pierre by knockout first round.
5: That's what I'm saying. Well, actually, I was talking to somebody tonight at it at work, and they brought up an interesting point. Like Saint Pierre might come in a little bit hesitant, try to fill out Sarah, see if he's for real on the standing. Once you he realize hey, for real, that he'll just take him out.
3: Yeah, that's just, it's going to be, you know, easy money.
5: Yeah.
3: You know, it's so it's it, going to be easy money for him. Yeah, definitely. He's going to completely outclass Sarah. Sarah. Sarah doesn't belong in the same cage as St. Pierre. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Matt, Sarah is a lot like George Gergel. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He doesn't belong in the ring. He's a better trainer than a fighter. But well, that's just my opinion. Have you sure
5: that the Cow Palace uh, won't be sold
3: after all? Cow Palace. For now. Is apparently,
5: yeah. Apparently, the Cow Palace is salvaged. Right now.
3: That's as of. That's as of this past Monday. on um, The City Council in Daly City, because the Cow Palace is not in San Francisco. It's actually in Daly City, which I grew up yeah. in Daly City. And the uh, City Council voted to. To uphold it, so the the injunction is is uh, they upheld the injunction, so they're not going to tear it down for now yeah, they, need to, so that's a, they 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 need to make it a a, a historical landmark um yeah
5: it, it definitely just, was an awesome film venue actually going in there and knowing all the history that took place in there
3: are you telling me
5: <laughs> well, you know more so than me, but I'm just i mean. <laughs>
3: Well, just so many, you know, I saw Andre the Giant in the Battle royal. You know, I mean, <laughs> Hennig, Hennig winning the AWA world title from uh, Brock Winkle. And, I mean, I've seen it, you know, so many memories. Eddie Guerrero winning memories. his
5: first world title.
3: Eddie Guerrero? Winning his first world nice. title there. Yeah. Third row, brother.
5: Yeah, that was an amazing match against Brock Lesnar, too.
3: Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, it was good stuff. All right, we got about seven minutes before we run down our plugs.
2: Who's uh, winning and, uh, for
5: Franklin Travis Luter?
3: I think Luter's going to tap him. Really? That's an, interesting, yeah. that's an interesting pick. I think he's going to tap him. Um, I, I I wish they, they would both uh, knock each other out and they both don't get up. Um, because uh, Franklin, is, is, he's done. He's washed up. He, 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 does, he, he has no value anymore. And Luter should never get a license to fight anywhere because of that whole missing the weight bullshit. He disrespected the company. He disrespected the sport. He disrespected the fighters. Uh-huh. He should never be allowed to fight again. He should be blackballed. <laughs> I, I should you not, man. He disrespected everyone in the industry. Uh huh. I mean, fuck you win that show and then you can't make weight, and you knew you had to make weight. He must. He showed up in Vegas at two hundred and eight pounds.
2: <laughs>
3: and then he cut all that weight. Yeah. I, I'm, wow, I don't, man. I'm I <laughs> do not like that guy, and and he's a disgrace. Uh huh. Well, he's no, um, who was that guy on the Ultimate
5: Fighter? He's no, um, Gabe Rudiger.
3: Oh, God. That guy's a piece (laughs) of shit. And I knew Gabe, I knew Gabe before that show.
5: Uh-huh. The Cake Eater.
2: Hello? Hello?